Right now, we're going to pay a few minutes' attention to a situation we've talked about before, and Global News is launching a series called Landlocked, uh, talking about um, Canada's energy dilemma. And it's really come to light recently when you see what's going on in Europe, right? And we've talked a lot about it, and the fact that Russia is, uh, you know, throttling back the natural gas supply to major parts of Europe, and there's big concerns about what that's going to mean this winter, and it's caused Germany to change their plans around nuclear, it's changed their plans around coal, uh, they're trying to source different... Um, resources as best they can without much success. They signed a deal with Canada to bring on hydrogen starting in 2025. Not going to do much for them this winter. Of course, Canada has stood up through it all and said, um, we have a, an obligation to support our allies and we have the resources and we uh, are, are able to help them. But we're not, bottom line. Uh, Christian Freeland said last month that we have a political responsibility to do whatever we can to help them with this energy crisis that they're going through. They know that Canada is there, and we are working on all the practical ways that we can support Europe. Question is, though, how many of those ways are there? Because of the history around oil and gas in this country and uh, where we find ourselves in 2022, how much can we really do to help? Let's have a conversation now with Timothy Egan, who is the president and CEO of the Canadian Gas Association. Mr. Egan, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Shay. So it's great for Canada to stand up and say, yes, we have an obligation and we have the resources. We need to do what we can to help. But we've been shown very clearly over the last month or two, there's not much we can do to help, right? We're not in a position because we don't have the infrastructure. Well, Shay, I think that's right to to a certain degree. That you have to think about what what could we do immediately? What could we do right. medium term? What could we do long term? Long term, right? sure. And yeah, and immediately we could actually find ways to push more gas into the United States for export to Europe. Um, the Americans have clearly ramped up uh, their efforts, and we're completely interconnected with them. As you know, it's an integrated. Uh, transmission delivery system across North America. So, so that's something we could do in the very near term. In the, but the medium to long term, um, there's a lot more we could do and, uh, but it requires building a lot more infrastructure, as you noted. Yeah. So going back historically speaking, I mean, was there ever a time when pipelines were an easy conversation? I mean, you know, all the energies here in Alberta, but getting it spread out to where it needs to go has seems to be a problem for the last several years. Was there ever a time in this country where it was easy to get that? done well i think it's a question you could ask about any infrastructure right um was there a time when it was easy to build roads was there a time when it was easy to build ports and other things and and frankly i i think it was easier um say 50 75 years ago when we were starting to build pipelines and we built them uh, pretty systematically across the country uh and you know have have now literally hundreds of thousands of kilometers right across the country um it has definitely become more complicated uh in part because we're you know often touching on major urban areas or or areas that are now recognized as needing particular environmental protection sure. um but I don't think it's impossible at all and I think it can be done and it's being done in other parts of the world particularly, Shay, in the United States, where through an Obama presidency, through a Trump presidency, and now in a Biden presidency, they built pipelines 
pretty quickly and their standards are comparable to ours so i think it should be easier than it is in canada so i mean obviously geography is a massive barrier in canada the pipelines help us get around that but now we've run into as you say other considerations so how do we work our way around those if it's if you say they're making better progress in the united states what's the difference why are we running into problems here so I think it's a great question. I, I'm not sure I have the answer uh, for why it's so much easier there, irrespective of who's in power, by the way. Sure, right? yeah. And that was my point. And they have the same environmental concerns presence. that we have and the same environmental groups that are, you know, making noise and, and making stating the case against. So, I mean, they have a lot of the same conditions. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, I think that's very true. I, I think there, uh, there are a couple of factors that at play here. One is we've created a particularly onerous regulatory framework, uh, in the, in the name of meeting certain environmental objectives, but I think, uh, that it's, it's way too onerous. And I think we can achieve environmental objectives without having so aggressive a regulatory framework. So we need, we need to simplify our framework. And if it's, too challenging in the very near term to simplify to simplify the framework shade then i'd say pass a special resolution to expedite it in light of the current uh, crisis because you know as you noted off the top europe's in an extraordinary moment of crisis i mean we're talking about yeah. people freezing and um shortages in germany shortages in the uk scenes of what's happening in the netherlands like this is very very serious so you know i think we should take every measure we can i i was particularly uh, pleased by the Deputy Prime Minister's remarks. She's been very forthright about this. Uh, as you know, she's got roots in Alberta. She's got an understanding of, of the issues, and she's also got a connection to Ukraine and that part of the world. So I think she's sincere in her comments, and I think she could she could help us by demonstrating the leadership to really try to push some stuff through more quickly, because that's what we need to do. Right now, Europe has a commitment to be off of Russian gas by 2030. The amount of gas Europe has traditionally taken from Europe, uh, from Russia, is roughly the same amount of gas as Canada produces every year. If we were to double our gas production, we could meet that European need. Now, that's a very significant order, Mm -hmm. right? But if we started to think about it in those terms, recognizing that we have literally hundreds of years of supply. You noted Alberta is a center for the energy industry, but of course, our gas resources are massive in British Columbia. They're massive in Saskatchewan. They're massive in, in regions right across the country. We're, we're incredibly blessed with this resource and, and we produce it more cleanly than just about anybody in the world to higher standards than anybody in the world. So shouldn't we be thinking about getting Canadian molecules to help the world? The question though, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with anything that you're saying. Is it too late? Um, has, has the window started closing? Obviously, if we were in a position and we had done what we're talking about now, five, ten years ago, we would be in a position to help out our European allies and Germany and the UK wouldn't be facing some of the issues that they're facing. Um, are we talking about preventing another crisis five or ten years down the road? Or um, what's the, you know, our prime minister says there's no business case. What is the business case? Because we know it's not going to be something that's going to be effective this fall. Can't be. There's not enough time. That's correct. And uh, I think the Prime Minister was referring specifically to certain projects off the East Coast. Yes. That, and he said that he hasn't seen a business case yet. I think a business case is determined by what the market conditions are, right? What's the demand? What does the buyer want? Uh, and you can also, you know, adjust the conditions to improve the business case. So the Prime Minister has 
uh, at his disposal the means to make the business case much, much better for Canadian gas. Now, the bulk of Canadian gas is, as you noted, in Western Canada, and the single largest opportunity is to move more of it to the West Coast to export. And that helps Europe as well, because any gas going into the global market offers the opportunity to offset other gas that's already in the market, right? So that means that if Canada is putting more gas into the Asian market, then current Asian suppliers, say, in the Middle East, might in turn supply Europe. So whatever we do in Canada is helpful, and there are ways to make those business cases better. But on your question about about the timing of all of this, there's an immediate need. This winter is is looking to be a pretty frightening one in Europe and in other parts mm-hmm. of the world. But this isn't a problem that's going away. Why isn't Canada, you know, one of the most um, respected nations in the world with some of the highest standards in the world, a leading supplier of energy to the world? We should be. Um, we would help raise overall environmental standards. We would serve the interests of all Canadians. Uh, and, you know, we can make a really positive contribution. And uh, when we talk about seven years, we, you know, it's, it's, it's almost joking to say that's long term because that's around the corner, frankly. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And who knows what, you know, what we're going to need in eight years, right? If we're in another situation like this, it would be nice to have taken right. those steps. Um, is yeah. there an opportunity to do something with the United States? Do they have all the gas they need? Their pipelines are full. They're exporting all they can. Or are they saying, you know what? We might be able to source some of your natural gas and uh, use it in that regard in terms of helping Europe as well. We know they have the export facilities. Well, look, I think any conversation around that possibility is is a productive conversation. And I think if, you know, Canadian industry and American industry and Canadian officials and American officials were to sit down and say what's possible in this moment of crisis, we would probably find more could be done. Um, the Americans also sit on a, just an extraordinary wealth of, of natural gas. And uh, and they have developed that resource uh, very quickly, as you noted, and they have all kinds of export facilities. And now they're talking about building all kinds of more, and they're talking about expediting their processes to build more. So I think we should be working hand-in-glove with the Americans on this. In light of what's going on in Europe... Tim, are, are we seeing, you know, is government sort of saying, OK, let's see if we can't make some changes and and step in to make sure that we're not in a position where our allies and who knows who might be next uh, is in a crisis situation because of energy, even though we are in a position to help if we if we build the instrument. Has there been a change in the mindset around this and maybe more of an understanding that this is something we need to work towards? Are you seeing any indication of that? Yeah, you noted the the remarks by the Deputy Prime Minister. Um, we've also seen um, other ministers uh, note, I, I think, what I would describe as a progressively more positive uh, 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 public reaction to the uh, prospect of more Canadian LNG going to the global market. Uh, and, and I think that's positive, and I think that's a response to the fact that um, so many Canadians are alarmed by what's going on and are starting to speak up about it. And Let's face it, we've been pretty complacent about energy because we've got it in abundance. It's historically been really affordable, really reliable. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, we're seeing that there are energy crises around the world. And we're reflecting on that and thinking, what can we do to help? And I think the government's doing that as well. So, you know, that's good. Um, uh, any any opportunity to help the government deepen its understanding of of the opportunity we're standing by ready to help and and you know the prime minister is famous for saying the world needs more canada and i think the world needs more canadian energy and uh and we've got an opportunity to deliver
And, and you know, and it, what it comes down to, I think, as it always is, is we have the ambition and the things that we can all agree on uh, in terms of the environment and things like that. But then there's the reality of where we are and what we can do today. And somewhere in the middle is the common ground. It, it can't be one or the other. We, but we can work on both things at the same time. That needs to be the, the, the path forward, at least to my thinking. I think you're right, Shay. And I, you know, I go back to a point I made about, about the Canadian gas molecule. It's one of the cleanest in the world. So if the, in the world market, the molecules coming from a bunch of places with lower standards, where emissions are higher, where uh, governance is, is, is not nearly as transparent, you know, where there are a host of other challenges, wouldn't you say, hey, Canada could actually be raising the global standard by putting more into the market. Canadians have benefited from affordable, reliable natural gas for decades and decades, and we believe they're going to continue to benefit from it from decades to come. And we're constantly improving our performance standards, how we do what we do. And look, we want energy to be affordable. We're all facing an affordability crisis right now with higher prices yeah. and inflation, and, and energy affordability is key to that. So, look, I think the, the natural gas industry can help. And it can help domestically, and it can help internationally, and we and we want to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, great conversation, Timothy. Th- thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time today.